Good morning, everybody. It's the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Tuesday, 26th of September, and another floppy day today. We had quite a good day yesterday. We were down 46 points, was it? Ended up 8 points. And the day before that, on Friday last week, we were down 105 points, ended up 4 points. So a 109-point turnaround, and yesterday a 54-point turnaround. Not happening today, though. We've been down 38 at worst. We're currently down 29, and resources are in the bucket today. Resources sector down 0.8%, BHP down 1.3%, Rio down 0.7%. There's a bit of a resources story going on, as you'll read in my section. The iron ore price yesterday in the Singapore session was down 4.3%, depending on which contract you look at the January contract was down 2%. And this morning we've woken up, or I've woken up, to a rather extraordinary number of Chinese-related headlines. So apart the traditional, if you were to worry about China, the traditional headline would be China Evergrande share price drops 20% as fails to meet debt deadline. Well, it was down 21.8% as it declared it couldn't raise any more debt because it had a problem with the regulator of one of its subsidiaries and And the headline this morning was China property stocks slump as Evergrande scraps its restructuring plan. Another one is Bermuda Court orders winding up of Chinese developer China Oceanwide Holdings and Evergrande debt setback Oceanwide blow rattle Oceanwide blow rattles China property stocks. Then we've got a few other rather weird Chinese headlines. EU trade chief warns of new areas of concern in China relationship, warns it will be a on trade. Western companies taking small steps to de-risk from China due to growing geopolitical headwinds. There's talk of Apple trying to insure itself against a drop in Chinese sales. And this one, China bans senior Nomura banker from leaving mainland, mainland Hong Kong, in wake-up call to investment bankers. In other words, watch out, Goldman Sachs. Chinese might just tell you you can't go home. Not the sort of thing investment bankers want to read. And then, of course, you probably read this one from yesterday. Council of Financial Regulators in Australia. Now, the Council of Financial Regulators includes the RBA, ASIC, APRA and the Treasury. Not that Australia is high powered, but when it comes to Australia, it doesn't get much more high powered than that. They put out a statement yesterday in their September quarter meeting warning about a sharp slowdown in China's economy would mainly impact Australia through both the trade channel and the broader risk aversion on global markets. Well, I mean, they're stating the obvious. If the Chinese economy goes into a hole, Australia is fill in the blanks. And we know Chinese GDP is on the slide. We had a couple of weeks ago hopes of a Chinese economic resurrection, which has since faded again. But you do wonder, why are the Australian regulators concerning themselves? Why is Apple concerning themselves? Why is the ECB concerning themselves? And why are investment bankers concerning themselves about China? Do they know something we don't know? Either way, resources sector's heading down. It really doesn't encourage you to buy resources at this point in time, especially if somewhere up in the political levels, somebody knows something we don't. Anyway, don't want to be Machiavellian, but resources going down and in no mood to add BHP to the BHP one-stock portfolio at the moment. I don't think I'd be too encouraged to add Macquarie to the Macquarie one stock portfolio either. And I'm not sure I'd be too encouraged to 
add Australian equities to the strategy portfolio either just at the moment. Someone's worrying about something. The other thing, short term and probably more realistic and less cloak and dagger, was there was a survey out yesterday of 90 Chinese construction companies which suggested that less than half of them are restocking ahead of the national holiday which starts on Friday. There's a week of holiday in China starting on Friday, so next week. Are their markets shut? I'm not sure their markets shut. Probably are. 21 million Chinese go on holiday in their own country. And usually construction companies stock up on steel and steel companies stock up on iron ore ahead of the holidays and they haven't really done so. So this MySteel survey says less than half of the 90 construction companies they spoke to are intending to restock. And they blame a weak property market which is manifesting itself in weak steel demand and hence the drop in the iron ore price yesterday. So I think we can put our Chinese economic resurrection hopes on ice for the moment. Again, another reason not to be buying resources at the moment. I've put in a chart today of the Fathom China Momentum Indicator. Some of our long-term members will have seen me explain this indicator before. The Fathom China Momentum Indicator, CMI Index, is an indicator... It attempts to reflect 10 Chinese economic inputs, and it was put together by Fathom to give us a real look at the Chinese economy rather than the published statistics, which for a while there nobody believed. Do they believe them yet? I don't know. But the CMI indicator picks up on 10 real indicators of Chinese economic activity, including railway freight, electricity consumption, the issuance of bank loans, other shadow measures of economic activity, less prone to manipulation than the headline GDP numbers. And that trend has been going the opposite way of the official GDP numbers just recently. So, caution on resources. And just a little concerned about the undercurrents that some governments seem to be picking up on regarding China. Otherwise, the portfolios, as you know, are now in cash. In the strategy portfolio, ideas portfolio, which we cleaned out last week, the BHP one-stock portfolio, Macquarie one-stock portfolio, all in cash, looking for a bull market. I know the bond market is calling it higher for longer on interest rates and bond yields had a really quite sharp rise overnight. 10-year bond yield in the US up 10 basis points. The market's not going to go up whilst bond yields are going up like this. And the Aussie bond yields as well have picked up. But I'm beginning to think the equity market should adopt its own catchphrase, maybe lower for longer. (laughs) Anyway, we are in cash in our portfolios at the moment. Other things going on today in the technical scan section. Have a look at the technical scan section. Some stuff repeating now, but one of the new things today was a short-term daily buy signal on Telstra. Telstra's got itself onto a 6.3% yield. The brokers like it. Morgan Stanley had a bit of research out last month with a target price 22% above the current share price. Ordminet 16% above. UBS 19% above. Macquarie 13% above and Morgan's 8% above. So the brokers like it. The share price has come off quite hard since latest results, which included the decision to hold on to their or delay their asset sales, which upset people a little bit thinking they were going to get some sort of special dividend. And the share price has come cascading off from $4.50 down to $3.86. Bottom of the trading range on this is about $3.60. So we're sort of getting there. And as the market slides away, defensive stocks doing a bit better. So short term buy signal on Telstra. As I say, it's not a volatile stock. It's the 38th least volatile 
volatile stock in the All Ordinaries Index. So it doesn't really make it into the ideas portfolio as a trading idea, but some of you might think about collecting it for income. It's one of those big quality stocks that it's got itself on a 6% yield. But as I say, you know, in this market, I um, wouldn't be rushing to buy anything at the moment. But buy Signal on Telstra. Now, the other one that is fascinating me, because I have a bit of a history with this, is you probably know the story that I bought Paladin at 1.6 cents. I bought a million at 1.6 cents back in whatever it was, 2004. And I sold them at 3.2 cents, doubled my money, made $16,000. And all I needed to do for the rest of my life was not sell them at 3.2 cents, but to hold on to them and sell them at the high, which was over $10. 10 million bucks, thank you very much, out of 16 grand. Anyway, so I have a bit of a soft spot for Paladin. Have a look at the charts in my section on Paladin. You'll be aware that the uranium stocks are going nuts at the moment. We have seen Paladin up from 60 cents to $1.12. And to all and sundry looking at a daily chart over the last six months or year or even two years, you would be saying, wow, that is overbought. It's got away. But have a look at the second chart, which shows the Paladin share price over 20 years. You'll see when I bought it at the beginning of that chart, when it went to 10 bucks, And then at the Fukushima disaster, which was March 2011, at the Fukushima disaster, it was sitting around $5 and it dropped to almost zero. So on its way back now, if you sell every two bagger, you'll never get a 10 bagger. And as I've tantalizingly written today, one good stock in retirement makes for a good retirement. Could this be it? If you look at the forecasts on Paladin, you will see that it goes from loss making this year, PE of minus 174 to a PE of 83 next year, then the year after it's 18 times, 18 times. I can tell you if they deliver those revenue increases that are in the forecasts, this stock is not going to be sitting at $1.12 in a couple of years time. I reckon it's worth, I haven't done the work yet, but I reckon it's worth us all going to have a look at just what is going on in the uranium market at the moment to see whether those Paladin numbers are valid. And in terms of one-stock portfolios, this would certainly grab my attention as a potential one-stock to go and have a good look at. I've put the broker research in there. The brokers are not looking out beyond the end of their noses, but the average tar- everyone's got a target price above the current share price. And the recommend three brokers, the recommendations are buy, speculative, buy, and outperform. Doesn't rank as quality, growth, or income, but we all ought to get our heads around just whether this uranium rally is a moment or the long-term resurrection of nuclear power happening right in front of us? Or are we just going to get sucked in at the top again? Anyway, requires a bit of research. Paladin, Telstra. What else we got? Australian CPI number tomorrow, expecting the number headline number to go up from 4.9% to 5.2%. The RBA RBA minutes last week said, existing data is consistent with inflation reverting to its target within within an acceptable time frame without adjusting the cash rate. In other words, if everything behaves, they're not going to raise rates again. So let's hope the CPI number doesn't turn the acceptable time frame into an unacceptable time frame and disturb the RBA tomorrow. Also coming up this week, we've got some stuff out of the UB, uh, out of uh, the US. We've got durable goods, the GDP number revision, Jerome Powell making a few comments, but the main thing is Friday night, we've got these PCE, Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index numbers for August, which is supposed to be the Fed's preferred measure of inflation. So waiting for those. I have seen a few headlines. You've probably seen a few headlines about the risk of a US government 
government shutdown, you're probably all thinking it's very similar to the debt ceiling discussions, which could have shut the American, sorry, the US government down and meant they missed or defaulted on debt repayments. It's not the same thing. This is the October 1st deadline to pass some spending bills that fund federal agency programs. It's not the same as the debt limit. wouldn't have a material economic impact if it didn't get sorted. So I don't think we need to worry about it too much. But you'll see lots of headlines. Government shutdown risks food benefits for 7 million. US government shutdown would delay release of key economic data. Well, shiver me timbers. I've also written today about cobalt prices, just because there was an article on Reuters about cobalt prices and cobalt prices not going up again until 2027. There aren't many stocks to worry about. MEI is the biggest market cap around 446 million. The rest have all got market caps below 200 million. And the other is Rare Earths. Biggest companies here are Linus, LYC, Iluca and A4N and ARU. There are a whole bunch of others, Alkane, ALK and a bunch of others. Uh, China has doubled its Rare Earth mining quota to a record 240,000 tonnes. They are the largest producer. Everybody watches their quotas. They announce them every six months to see what it's going to do to the supply-demand equation on rare earths. Anyway, it doesn't seem to have moved prices today. Linus up 0.2 and Iluka down 0.9%. Big deal. And Arafura up 2.1% today. Right, and what else can I tell you? Lithium still going down. Liontown Resources down 10 cents today. You've probably seen that Gina Reinhardt has now bought over 10% of Liontown. The feeling is that that's all she needs. So share price coming off today. Stocks going up in the top 20 today. ResMed and CSL. What does that tell you? It tells you the rest of the market's going down, which it is. I've written an article today, Six Traits of the Retiree Investor. Have a read of that. Good article. Wrote it a while ago. Still very valid. I played golf once with a whole bunch of retirees and one of them said in the bar afterwards that I don't care what the share prices do because the kids will get those when I'm dead. In other other words, there are a group of retiree investors that simply don't care about the capital value of their shares as long as you don't muck about with their income. Don't disturb their income, Bill Shorten. Anyway, six traits of the retiree investor, an article in my section today. Other stories today, ProMedicus up 8%, won a contract. Australian dollar not far from a 10-month low, 64.21. 10-month low is 63.55. Article in the AFR, brace for lower dividends if bank hybrid rules change. Another headline, US equities lack of viable upside catalyst. And JP Morgan tips Beach Energy Ampol as oil super cycle returns. And there we go, not too much going on. Look out for the inflation number tomorrow, US price index number on Friday night. We've got the US results season coming up as well at the end of the quarter, of course. That will be probably second week of October. That'll get going. That'll be a market focus. REITs coming off the top today as bond yields rise. That sector's the worst sector today, what, down 1.84%. Gold sector down, tech sector down, resources sector down, healthcare sector, the only sector going up. As I leave you, our market down 27, having been down 38. The Dow futures down 82. NASDAQ futures down 0.4 of a percent. And Paladin up 5.7%. That's it. You have a fabulous day and I will be, I may not be back with the end of day podcast today. I've got to go into town for lunch. I'll see if I make it back. If I don't, I will speak to you tomorrow.